If you live by a freshwater river or a lake, you're likely familiar with the Asian carp. Yes, these fish are not native to the U.S., but over the last few decades, they've gotten into waterways like the Mississippi River Basin and the Illinois River. A major PR campaign now is underway to move away from the name Asian carp and towards the name Kopi. One big reason? To rebrand the fish as a sustainable responsibly sourced food. Joining me to talk about this is my guest, Jim Garvey, director of the Center for Fisheries, Aquaculture, and Aquatic Sciences at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois. Welcome to Science Friday. Thank you for having me, Ira. You're quite welcome. There's a lot of thought that goes into changing a name. So what was the origin of the word kopi? Did I get it right? Is it kopi? Yeah, it's Kopi. Uh, Kopi is short for copious. So when you're thinking about uh, big-headed or Asian carps, as they're called, they're quite abundant. They jump out of the water, sometimes hit people in the face when they're driving a boat, for example. And so uh, they're copious. There's a lot of them out there. And so what we would like to do is have people, when they think about Kopi, they think about a copious fish and uh, doing their part by eating them so that they can control their abundance in the environment. Walk me through how much, how much of a problem that this fish is in the Illinois waterways. Kopi actually stands for four different species of big-headed carp from Asia. One is the grass carp, one is the big-headed carp, uh, one is the silver carp, and the last one is a fish called the black carp. These four species were aquacultured in China for well over several thousand years because they are very valuable in what we call polyculture because they eat at different uh, levels of the food chain. So they did very well in China and other parts of Asia. And so when they were introduced here into the United States, they found uh, some really great opportunities in our lakes and rivers uh, and did very well. They were introduced in the early 70s, late 60s as uh, food fish and potential fish that could control problems with water quality because they eat algae or tiny plants in the water. But once they escaped from uh, ponds, they started to proliferate and became a real problem when they reached the Illinois River in the late 90s, early 2000s, and their abundance started to explode. And then they began to get dangerously close to the Great Lakes. And the Great Lakes already have a huge history of invasive species that are very destructive, like zebra mussels and sea lampreys. I think the last thing any of us want is uh, another group, potential group of invasive species to get in there and have negative economic and ecological effects. I'll bet. Uh, and, and why is it so important to change the name from Asian carp? Well, there's a couple issues here. Uh, one is that, um, in my opinion, uh, carp should be respected just like any other organism. Yes, they're invasive. Yes, they're a problem and they can cause uh, economic and ecological problems. But again, uh, they should be respected from the perspective that uh, they are important to Chinese culture and other Asian cultures for a very long time. And so by placing the name Asian in front of it, uh, there could be negative cultural connotation to it. So I agree with this. There has been a push by the federal government uh, uh, folks and then the rest of us biologists that are out there to, to maybe get rid of the moniker of, of Asian under that. We all know they come from the continent of mm -hmm. Asia. Uh, so big-headed carps is probably a better way to uh, describe those fish. Now, in terms of 
the name carp, common carp, which is not part of the four basic copi uh, species, has been around for well over a century and has a very negative connotation, at least among some parts of the fishing public. And so uh, because of this negative carp connotation, the idea is, well, maybe we should move to a, a name that's more desirable to the consumer, uh, because what we're trying to do is get people to eat copi, uh, eat them to extinction if possible. And so copi is the name that uh, has been introduced, and hopefully it will stick. You know, it's part of a, of a, of an ethnic Jewish diet. There's something called gefilte fish. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's made from carp. Yeah. Maybe there's a market here. Well, there probably is. Um, in fact, there is kopi processed and, and sent to uh, Israel as one of the exports of this fish. There's exports all around the world uh, from Illinois and other, other areas where they're invading the U.S. Uh, they are sent to Africa and other places. So uh, these fish are very valuable culturally and obviously nutritionally uh, for uh, many, many uh, countries around the, the globe. It's just in the United States we're trying to get people to eat more of them uh, because they are a good fish to eat. You know, when we talk about invasive species, we usually talk about them in context of them wreaking havoc on native species. Is is that so? what's going to happen eventually if you... Can't get people to eat more kopi. Yeah. In fact, uh, there's a lot of research being done in the last 10 years or so that is suggesting that there has been a negative impact of these uh, four species on native fishes here in the U.S. Maybe not as much as we expected because when an invasive species comes in, it usually pushes out the native species from their uh, niche what we found is that perhaps these species have sort of fit themselves better uh, into the ecosystem than maybe other species have. But there are certain concerns. For example, the black kopi, uh, black carp, um, which is a lesser known of the, the four species, eats mussels. Um, and the reason we should care about that is because the um, central U.S., uh, Mississippi River, for example, Illinois River, has some of the highest diversity of freshwater mussels in the world. Hmm. And so the concern is that these black carp are going to come in and munch those, those native species. This is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. You know, when you describe the fish, it, it makes me think of Chilean sea bass. Yes. Which, which is also a, a name-changed fish, right? Yeah, so um, there's many species across the world uh, that had bad rap, and it's usually reflected in their name. I believe uh, Orange Ruffy was called Slimehead, for example. Uh, Chilean sea bass was the uh, Patagonian toothfish. Uh, so when you heard those names, typically you would potentially had a negative connotation to it. Someone wouldn't want to necessarily eat a slimehead. Uh, but when you change the name, you begin to realize that, hey, this uh, is not a bad uh, thing to eat. In fact, it's it's quite delicious. And um, we think that the average consumer uh, might take to the name Kopi a little bit more than the name Carp, uh, which might have a negative connotation to it. Well, if I don't live in that part of the country, can I go to my supermarket and, and, and get a Kopi Carp? That's, that's a good question. Ten years ago, no. However, uh, over the last six months or so, there has been a real push to try to get these fish uh, into not only a regional market, but into a national market. So there has been talks uh, among the, the processors to get the fish basically going nationwide. So that's the hope. The, the biggest 
problem with uh, all of this is that there's plenty of opportunity to fish Kopi. The, the problem is, is that there are not enough uh, fisher people out there to fish them and definitely not enough processing plants to package the fish and get them into market uh, to meet hopefully what will be a growing demand. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'd actually uh, like to find some because I'd like to, to uh, f- cook some up. What would be what would be the best way to uh, prepare my Kopi? Five. Yeah, well, first thing, Ira, uh, check your mailbox. One day, maybe you'll get a package. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure it's on. I'll make sure it's on ice. Yeah, I was going to say, make sure fish. it's frozen. <laughs> uh, these fish are best prepared in, in many, many ways. Um, they can be uh, literally. It's, it's a blank canvas. Uh, they can be uh, like a crab cake. Um, uh, they're they can be served in uh, traditionally in soups. Believe it or not, the uh, the heads, for example, you may think fish head soup sounds strange, uh, but the head, if you watch any cooking shows or you cook yourself, you know that there's a lot of uh, collagen uh, in that, that head, which creates a lot of umami, really good mouthfeel, and broths, um, a few may, for example. Uh, so they can be used in a whole lot of different ways. Um, also, there's other uh, products that can come out of these fish. For example, the collagen can be used in uh, healthcare products. Uh, so, so there's a lot of ways that you can use kopi, not just for food, but for other kinds of products as well. Animal food, dogs, cats. Absolutely. Um, one of the primary uses of them right now is for fertilizer or put into animal feed. Um, that's perfectly fine, uh, but that does not pay a lot. Uh, so, when you're a person out there busting your behind to fish for these animals. Putting them into fertilizer is, is not going to get you a good return on your effort. By placing more demand on these uh, fish and then uh, hopefully the market uh, increases so that there's a little bit more price, uh, you're going to get more incentive for folks to go out and uh, spend their time and their, their own money to, to fish these out of the water. Jim, that's about all the time we have for this fish story. I'm looking for that fish. Not, not Maybe not in my mailbox, but... <laughs> Jim Garvey, Director of Center for Fisheries, Aquaculture, and Aquatic Sciences at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thanks so much, Ira. Take care.